After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Adam lo mar bishvili Chayav Adam lo mar bishvili nivra olam. Chayav Adam lo mar bishvili nivra olam. Aval be'emet kol ha'olam Hai hai hallo in khatana tabi yenecha Hai rashifte israelata Hallo in khatana tabi yenecha Hai rosh israelata Hallo in khatana tabi yenecha Hello in Katan Katanata Shall we need a 
In the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. 
around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, of course, on the NSN app. I've been checking out some of the comments on the app. I thank everybody who's been commenting. All you got to do, by the way, is go to the home screen of the app and just hit add a comment, and you can comment on whatever's happening. A big thank you to our JM and the AM staff. What an incredible job last week. I was away preparing for the uh, Jewish Unity Initiative in Paris, France, which I, it's just amazing how things are, thank God, thank God, coming together for an incredible uh, first half of Hanukkah over there. We'll give you details as we get closer and closer, some of those details today. And uh, the incredible staff, uh, led, of course, by um, the person in charge of all our programming when I'm away, and that is, of course, Matis Weingast. Just an incredible job, and I thank everybody for sitting in and being part of this great radio uh, experiment, which has become a radio experience. Yeah, years ago, decades ago, it was a radio experiment. Now it's an amazing radio experience for so many people and so many tens of thousands around here and hundreds of thousands around the world. You heard Svi Silberstein with Vayatzmach. Mina Meitzar done by God Elbaz. Yoni Z had Odeb. Bishvili brand new from the Willigs. Netanel Hirschdick and Am Yisrael Chai. Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masach Hashem. And Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Monday on this November the 30th, day after Chavtet B'November. Who out there knows what Chavtet B'November is, huh? I know Mayor Weingarten does. He'll be discussing it today during the Israel show. Chavtet B'November, as it's known. Why is that date, the 29th of November, significant? That's the question you have to ask your teachers today if you're heading to school at some point. Um... So today is Monday, November the 30th. Day, yeah, yesterday was Haftep in November. Day 18 in the month of Kislev, the year 5776, a week away from the amazing holiday of Hanukkah. I want to thank Benjamin Siegel. I'm going to give him a special shout-out. Benjamin Siegel uh, sat in last Monday. I want to thank him. From what I hear, he did quite a job. So kudos to him. 36 degrees, chillier than we've been experiencing. 28 is the wind chill with 65% humidity, winds northeast at 10 Gusts up to 17, mostly cloudy today with a high temperature of 47. Then tonight, showers late, a low of 43. Tomorrow, showers and a high temperature, 53 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 67. We're at 36 with a wind chill of 28 on a Monday here at JM in the AM as we head back to school and back to work. Hope your Thanksgiving weekend was spectacular. Hope it was wonderful. Hope you had a chance to spend it with family and friends at some point. And... um here we are as we get set to uh, go back to school and back to work this morning and get back into a regular routine. Full schedule on our stream at jmtheam.org, including the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten, starting at 9 o'clock this morning right after JM and the AM, so make sure to be tuned in all day. You'll be glad you did. Well, we had a major Mazel Tov over the weekend. We certainly did. A major, major Mazel Tov over the weekend. Talk about the JM and the AM family celebrating. Talk about our... Uh, Incredible family getting larger and um, and growing and just I'll tell you it's just it's so hard to believe it is so hard to believe we've gotten to this point. Uh, yesterday, actually on Saturday night, officially Saturday night, uh, Shoshi Zamek became engaged to Kenny Rube, and we take this opportunity to wish a very very special Mazel Tov to Rochelle and Mark Zamek. Mark is somebody you've heard on these uh, airwaves for over 30 years. And the Rochelle and Mark are among our closest friends and uh, among the 
key people in the JM and the AM family. And our families have grown together to the point where now Rochelle and Mark are making a wedding. Could you imagine? So Mazel Tov going out to the uh, Zamek family, uh, to the Rube family, to the Atia family. A, a special Mazel Tov to uh, Rochelle and Mark. A special Mazel Tov to Moshe Rube, uh, that is Kenny's father. To Mira Atia, that is uh, uh, Kenny's mother. And to all their families from all of us here at JM in the AM, just unbelievable. I'm, t- I'm still in stunned. E- even though you know things are going to happen at some point, even though you're getting hours of warning <laughs> before they actually do happen, still, even after the news has begun to suck in, we are so stunned by the uh, by the latest development and just so happy for everybody involved. It is just so wonderful uh, to see all this uh, all this growth and uh, all this uh, incredible nachas that so many of us are getting from all these wonderful smachot. So again, uh, to uh, Shoshi Zamek and Kenny Rube, Mazal Tov. They are officially engaged. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And I look forward to celebrate many more smachot in the future. 23 minutes before 7 o'clock. It is a JM in the AM Monday morning as we head back to school and back to work. A very, very big week for us as we lead up to Hanukkah. Hanukkah next week. We'll start with some amazing JM and the AM hosts in the early part of the week. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, our broadcasts with the Jewish Unity Initiative in Paris, France, will take place Wednesday and Thursday of Hanukkah, with the centerpiece, of course, being that incredible night at La Victoire, the great, uh, the great synagogue of Paris, which will feature that amazing lineup, a lot of wonderful people, uh, some incredible people traveling with us as part of our delegation, which is just remarkable and wonderful. You'll be hearing from some of them this week and obviously from the majority of them, if not all of them, next week. And uh, it is going to be uh, quite a, a quite a symbolic and quite a uh, an incredible gesture to again proclaim that when Jews anywhere on this globe are in challenging circumstances, there are other Jews who care. There are other people who express care, concern, brotherhood, and sisterhood for those very same people. And it's a message that we are so serious about and one that I think is developing so nicely. And hopefully it will be very inspiring during Hanukkah 5776 to hear this message, be part of this message, and, um, and to really, uh, to really quell, to really get a lot of, uh, tremendous satisfaction from the message and from our activities. JM and the AM at 21 minutes before 7 o'clock. More coming up at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the incredible Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org, and of course, right here on the NSN app.
School back to work again. Mazal Tov to Ashoshi Zamek and Kenny Rube, a very recently engaged couple. Amazing JMM Simcha and uh, to everybody involved with a special Mazal Tov to Rochelle and Mark, and of course uh, the extended families. We say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. Wonderful news heard about it Saturday night. Had a chance to see uh, Rochelle and Mark in the Chatan and Kala. 
uh, just after the engagement and uh, just wonderful news. JM and the AM, big thank you to Matis Weingast and the entire JM and the AM staff for taking over last week in remarkable fashion as usual. We were in Paris putting the finishing touches on the Jewish Unity Initiative for next week for Hanukkah. Going to be a couple of spectacular events, including some wonderful radio broadcasts on Wednesday and Thursday. We will hopefully be able to convey a taste of what's going on with the Jewish community in France and at the same time hear from some of the personalities there. Um, that'll be Wednesday and Thursday of Hanukkah week. 36 degrees, 28 the wind chill with morning clouds and a high temperature of 47 degrees and a much chillier than it's been. Hold On is from the Stay With Me album from the Waterbury Yeshiva. Michael Nadata before that with Mo Da'ani. You heard Mo's tour done by Dudu Fisher. I spoke with him yesterday. Incredible, incredible journey he has taken, Dudu Fisher. He's now in Branson, Missouri for, I believe, the fourth season in a row of year-end shows about Jerusalem. We had a very interesting discussion. The Maccabees had Mo's tour from the Maccabees Hanukkah album, and you heard Sheves Haverim volume number two with Shiru Shvacha. That's brand new here at JM in the AM. By the way, I saw that, um, I didn't just see, he actually texted me yesterday, Trucker Yitz is engaged, yeah. want to take this opportunity, wish a mazel tov, to a Trucker Yitz, who is a um, a recently engaged person. <laughs> I'm just looking for the, uh, where did he write it to me? Oh, I don't remember where he wrote it to me. Hmm. Trucker Yitz is engaged. Mazal tov to him and to his kala from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um. Yeah. Don't have the details right here, but I'll dig them out. It's Monday, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. In the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Think he sent it in a regular email? That could be. He may have just sent it to us in a regular email. Why am I not checking that out? Uh, let's see here. Here it is. Trucker Yitz. Trucker Yitz Van is engaged to Sarah Rifka Tenenbaum. This happened on Sunday night last night. She's from Bloomingburg, New York. Mazal tov to the Han and Van families from all of us here at JM in the AM. There you go. You see that? We found the official announcement, and I'm glad to say mazal tov to the brand new Chatan and Kala here at JM in the AM. A big shout out to the Minister of Diaspora Affairs for the State of Israel, Naftali Bennett, who I'm going to have an opportunity tomorrow to thank for his enthusiasm for our Jewish Unity Initiative, in this case with Paris, a very important city in the Jewish diaspora. Thank you, Naftali Bennett. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Galei Tzal, Turkey ממשיכה להפגין שרירים ומבהירה לא נתנצל בפני הרוסים על הפלת המטוס. כתבנו תאו וייס. ראש ממשלת טורקיה דחה את הטענות שאלן קרא לבקש סליחה ואמר אף מדינה לא צריכה לבקש מאיתנו להתנצל. דאוטולו השואה בבריסל בוועידה של ברית נאטו אמר גם כי הוא מקווה שמוסקבה תשקול מחדש את העיצומים הכלכליים על אנקרה. 
בג"ץ מורה ליועץ המשפטי לממשלה להסביר מדוע לא הועמדו לדין השרים שהדליפו מישיבות הקבינט בצוק איתן. כתבנו איתמר קציר. בית המשפט הורה ליועץ המשפטי לממשלה יהודה ויינשטיין להגיש בתוך 30 יום הסבר מדוע לא הורה על חקירת ההדלפות. ההחלטה הזו התקבלה בעתירה שהגישה התנועה לאיכות השלטון ביחד עם חבר הכנסת איתן כבל וביקשה לבדוק מדוע לא הועמדו לדין המדליפים מישיבות הקבינט במהלך צוק איתן שמסמכים מהן הגיעו לידי התקשורת. התגובות על התפטרותו של ינון מגל מהכנסת בעקבות הטענות על הטרדה מינית. שרת המשפטים איילת שקד כתבה, נטילת האחריות של מגל היא מעשה ראוי ולא שכיח במחוזותינו. כתבנו מיכאל שמש שמע את חברי הכנסת יאיר לפיד וסתיו שפיר. הגיע הזמן לסגור את הקרקס. לא צריך בכנסת ח"כים שמטרידים מינית, צריך להחזיר לבית המחוקקים את כבודו, ועשינו היום צעד אחד בכיוון. אני רוצה לחזק את הנשים האמיצות שהתלוננו על מגל ושעמדו השבוע מול מסך פשוט אישי. מטורף. הנשים האלה הובילו תהליך חשוב של ניקוי הכנסת מנבחרי ציבור שפשוט לא ראויים למעמדם. התהליך הזה כבר היה צריך להתרחש מזמן. באבטחה כבדה נפתחה הבוקר ועידת האקלים הבינלאומית מפריז, שליחתנו נועם דהן. ראש הממשלה נתניהו פגש בשולי ועידת האקלים בפריז את נשיא ארצות הברית אובמה, נשיא צרפת הולנד, קאנטרי גרמניה מרקל, ראש ממשלת בריטניה קמרון וראש ממשלת איטליה רנטי. בהמשך הוא צפוי להיפגש גם עם נשיא רוסיה פוטין ולשאת נאום. משרד הבריאות מזהיר, אחרי חופי הרצליה ותל אביב נמצא זיהום גם בחופי בת ים. כתבתנו יערה שפירא. מבדיקות שערך משרד הבריאות נמצא זיהום בחופי העיר בת ים, וכעת המשרד מזהיר מהרחצה בהם. זאת בנוסף לאיסור הרחצה בחופי תל אביב והרצליה, שנסגרו כבר לפני כמה ימים עקב עבודות של איגודן שגורמות להזרמת שפכים לים. חבר הכנסת חיים כץ יתמודד על תפקיד יושב ראש מרכז הליכוד. כתבתנו איליל שחר. בדף הפייסבוק שלו כתב כץ, בתקופה האחרונה פנו אליי אנשים טובים ורבים מתנועת הליכוד, מפעילים ועד לשרים. התמיכה הרחבה והאהבה האדירה מהשטח גרמו לי להחליט להתמודד על התפקיד החשוב. תנועת הליכוד חייבת יציבות לצד שינויים מתבקשים בחוקה. חברי המרכז חייבים להמשיך להוביל את התנועה ולהיות חלק מרכזי בתהליך קבלת ההחלטות. כך כתב כץ. שר המדע אופיר אקוניס מיהר לפרסם הודעה תמיכה בכץ. מזג האוויר אחר הצהריים יתחזק הגשם ויתפשט מהצפון למרכז. בשירות המטאורולוגי מתריעים מפני סופות רעמים וברקים בשעות הקרובות באזור מישור החוף. אלה החדשות שעורך אילי לוין.
JM in the AM. Avramo, Avram Freed with Hafachta. Before that, you heard Simcha Liner, brand new from SL2 with Kanfei Nisharim. 13 minutes after 7 o'clock, it's Monday at JM in the AM at 36 degrees. Chillier than we've been used to. My God, my thanks to the entire JM in the AM staff for an amazing job last week. Hope everybody's Thanksgiving was wonderful. A big kudos to Matis Weingast for coordinating everything as usual while we were away with the uh, Jewish Unity Initiative, with the plans that are... Uh, being set for next week for Paris, France, as um, we get ready for the the big journey and the big uh, message that we're going to be bringing there in terms of the uh, in terms of our worldwide community. If somebody, if the Jews in a specific community are in a challenging situation, uh, then we want them to know that uh, others care. Simple as that. And that's the message that we're taking, and that is the message that uh, will be transmitted through these airwaves. And, of course, uh, with that amazing uh, concert at Le Vitoire, the Great Synagogue of Paris, on Wednesday night. Well, New York City uh, controller Scott Stringer is certainly a, a good friend of ours. Nobody will deny that. And he is with us on this um, during this pre-Hanukkah week, not just to wish everybody a happy Hanukkah, but to talk about a, a wonderful event that he's going to be hosting, New York City controller Scott Stringer invites everybody, and from what I hear, already four or 500 people have accepted the invitation, to celebrate Jewish heritage and culture. It's happening tomorrow night beginning at 6 p.m. downtown at the Surrogates Courthouse. And uh, information, you can dial 212-669-4466. Again, that's 212 212- for uh six six nine four four six six New York City controller Scott Stringer, welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh Malcolm, it's great to be here with you and good morning. Uh and I'm very excited to be here and we're very excited about our uh Jewish heritage event. We're honoring Rabbi Andy Bachman, we're Andrew uh, we're honoring Ruth Lichtenstein, the director of Project Witness, which is an extraordinary Holocaust education resource and we're going to have a great, great turnout at a time when Jews have to come together. Ah, uh, you you know about the Jewish Unity Initiative, and you're one of our you're one of our uh, uh, closest uh, uh, fans of the initiative. You want people to be together to celebrate together and just realize that they care about each other. And this is a, this is an event that I think demonstrates that. Well, congratulations to you. It's a powerful initiative. It comes at a moment in time for our community where there is real, real international danger. And we want to make sure that everybody feels connected and everybody feels united. And in this great diverse city, one of the things we do as a tradition, as a New York City tradition, is we come together. And you're going to be doing that uh, far away, but we're going to be doing that right here in New York tomorrow night. Scott, we invite everyone to be there. Scott Stringer, New York City controller with us. By the way, and we'll talk more about the event, and i got to spend a little bit of time on the honorees, which I will in a minute. Uh, you, you have to be thrilled, and I guess it's really the wrong way of putting it, <laughs> maybe somewhere between relieved and thrilled, that thank God, Thanksgiving, such a big day in New York City, and Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, you know the beginning of uh, of such an important time in New York so far has gone pretty smoothly. I guess we have to attribute that to the great work of the NYPD and other organizations that are working very hard to keep us safe. Well, that's absolutely true, and no one does it better than the NYPD. I think we should give Commissioner Bratton tremendous credit for keeping the city safe every single day. Look, the threat of terrorism is very real in our city. This is, this is something we live with as New Yorkers, but I will tell you, we have great police intelligence. We have tremendous resources. The city will continue to, to remain safe. We all have to do 
our part. But look, let's not take away with what's happening internationally. You know, every time I take uh, my kids to school, every time they go to school, they pass a metal detector. They have police officers in front of their synagogue school. And it is a way they're going to live. And it's just just terrible that in this day and age, uh, our kids uh, are, you know, are in such... They're not in danger, but we, we protect them in such a way. Yeah. Just, now we have no choice but to protect them in such a way. That's true. Scott Stringer is with us. So tomorrow night, the uh, Jewish Heritage and Culture Celebration under the direction of New York City Controller Scott Stringer will honor by Andy Backman, who's Director of Jewish Content and Rituals for 92nd Street Y, Ruth Lichtenstein, who's the publisher of Hamodia and Director of Project Witness, and if that was not a, a, enough in terms of a um, you know a good representation of the Jewish community of New York, Chevra Hatzala, the Hatzala Volunteer Ambulance Corps, is going to be uh, honored as well, and uh, th- that is certainly an amazing Jewish citywide initiative that should be recognized. Well, that, it is going to be great because each uh, represents such an important part of the Jewish community, and you know Hatzala is is just on the ground. There are emergency services, and we're honoring them citywide, so whatever borough they're in, mm. we're honoring them because of their tremendous work, their great sacrifice. So this is going to be just a tremendous night. And, of course, what are the honorees getting? The ultimate award, the controller's commendation. Oh, <laughs> nothing, nothing bigger than that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I'm glad you take great pride in it. That's wonderful. It's, of course, a great moment. When that award comes, it's... It's, it's very beautiful. What's the story? Are there really four or five hundred people already scheduled to be in attendance tomorrow? Yeah, no, listen, we, this event just brings out people from all five boroughs. It was wonderful last year, and uh, it continues to grow and build, and I think it's great. You know, part of what I do as controller is I do the numbers, I do the books, but you can't do the audits, the investigations, you can't hold city government accountable unless you're connected to the people. And to have these events allows me to get to know the leaders of the different communities around the city allows me the opportunity to interact with people who I wouldn't be able to talk to necessarily. And so it really has the impact of, in, of celebrating a community, but also keeps me in touch with the day-to-day New Yorkers, their struggles. Every time we do an event, I learn about more that I should look at, more that I should be doing, and it, it works well for our office. Well, we have high, even higher hopes for you. So oh, Thank you. As you know, I've said that publicly a million times. So, you know, uh, keep keep uh, getting to know every community in New York, please. I mean, you've done an amazing job with ours. Keep doing it in every community, in every corner of the city. Well, you know, we speak 170 different languages from 200 countries in New York. Our diversity is our strength. And it is a, it's a tremendous honor to serve as controller of the greatest city on earth. Well, you've always said that, and we know you mean it. Michal Przanski is going to be the performer tomorrow night. It's tomorrow evening starting at 6 p.m. at the Surrogates Courthouse on Chambers Street in New York. It's New York City controller Scott Stringer inviting everybody to a Jewish heritage and culture celebration with great honorees. Uh, the phone number is 212-669-4466. Again, that's 212 669 Four four six six for any information. And uh, hey, if anybody overdoes it on the latkes, Scott, you know you got Hatzala right there. So they're, they're going to be front and center. So <laughs> tell people to come correct. <laughs> they shouldn't. Per- they shouldn't my, work. My, my wife will be there taking notes about how many latkes I have. <laughs> so you're in trouble. I am in trouble. You've got somebody keeping tabs on you. Right. <laughs>
Uh, it's all tomorrow evening, and we say as usual a thank you. Thank you for remembering our community and for participating with us, in this case, in a pre-Hanukkah celebration and a great uh, celebration of Jewish heritage And not on a serious note, the work that you're doing, I, we thank you, uh, and people around the world thank you for what you're about to do. No, I appreciate that very much, and we should go from strength to strength. Enjoy the holiday. I'm going to try my best to see you tomorrow night. Either way, enjoy a wonderful Hanukkah, and thanks so much for joining you us too. this morning. There he is, New York City controller Scott Stringer. Tomorrow night he's uh, hosting the big event, downtown Manhattan, Jewish Heritage and Culture. He is a really good guy. Jam in the AM with 36 degrees, mostly cloudy and a high temperature of 47. It's 22 minutes after 7 o'clock with plenty more coming up if you keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world in the web, jmandtheam.org. Going to dedicate that to uh, Pinchas Hikind and everybody in the uh, 
in the leadership of the big um, Jewish Heritage event tomorrow night taking place with uh, New York City Controller Scott Stringer. Big thank you to him. Uh, it's me and Malel done by the Maccabees, uh, the brand new Maccabees Hanukkah CD. JM and the AM at 26 minutes after 7 o'clock. It's Monday. Big thank you again to Matis Weingast and the entire JM and the AM staff. Great job last week as we were in Paris preparing for the big uh, Jewish Unity Initiative and the broadcast we'll be doing there next week on Hanukkah. Um, the, the centerpiece of the visit, which is this amazing concert, is going to star Yehoram Gaon, which is so incredible, and a whole bunch of wonderful people coming from Israel to participate in what's going to be a magical night at the La Victoire, the great synagogue of Paris. I was in the sanctuary. Many of you probably saw it on Facebook as I was taking pictures and touring around that incredible facility, that incredible sanctuary, and um, it leaves you speechless. It leaves you speechless being there. It's just unbelievable. So that's where we'll be next week, actually broadcasting from the building, not from the sanctuary, but broadcasting from the building, the concert presentation on Wednesday night as a um, as a gesture to the Parisian community in a, a sign and a symbolic, a symbolic and real gesture that there are Jews around the world who care. Uh, that's going to be in the sanctuary itself, the event. And we cannot wait. JM and the AM, reminder that there's a pre-Hanukkah celebration going on with us this coming Thursday. Our friends at the Kitchen Click in Brooklyn, 3009 Avenue L. That's right, 3009 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York. The Kitchen Click, under the leadership of the Sprecher family, are going to welcome us for a Thursday live lunch beginning at 11 a.m. Yeah. So come on down. We'll be there for a while. Uh, Naomi Nachman, table for two. She'll be there as well. I think it's the first time that I'm like sort of co-hosting a show with Naomi that we're appearing at the same place, I think. Unless maybe one of the kosher fests you'd consider that. But anyway, uh, so Naomi's going to be there. I will be there. It's going to be a full team with a wonderful effort. And, of course, our friends at the Kitchen Click that's going to be happening this coming Thursday starting at 11 a.m. We're calling it a pre-Hanukkah celebration. You know why? Because it is a pre-Hanukkah celebration. So that happens Thursday at 3009 Avenue L beginning at 11 a.m. in Brooklyn, New York. Come visit. Say hi. Should be a lot of fun. Those events always are, and our appearances there uh, always are as well. Uh, I mentioned that yesterday was Chavtet in November. How many people know what that means? That's the big question. How many people know what it means that yesterday was Chavtet in November? Usually uh, it's the minority of people out there. Mayor Weingarten is going to help explain it. I'll tell you that much. Uh, coming up, let me just read this official announcement so I get everything in that Mayor is going to be including in today's show. Coming up right after JM and the AM, the Israel show, uh, Mayor Weingarten will, it says the following. For the past two weeks, we've been sharing in the morning of the Littman family. Now it's time to celebrate, hear the story of, and sounds from the wedding that united tens of thousands of Jews from around the world. This is something I wish I would have been on the air for as was happening last week, and I really thank our incredible substitute staff, our JM and the AM staff, I should say, who did such a wonderful job covering it. What an incredible and amazing and joyous occasion. Um, the Littman wedding in Binyanejo, Oman, Yerushalayim, and the way people reacted to it and watched it and supported it. Just incredible. And uh, also, kudos to those, on a totally different note, but unfortunately in the same category in terms of terror against our people, kudos to those who uh, traveled from so many different areas, including so many from this area, up to the Schwartz family, in the Massachusetts to uh, pay a shiva call to be part of the Nichuma Velim. Uh, a lot of people out there. And I want to, I want to give a, 
a, and they know who they are, people who arrange for others to have transportation to get up there and encourage people to go. What a gesture. What an amazing thing. So kudos and uh, a big thank you to everybody who participated in those tremendous mitzvot. So mayor will discuss the wedding. Plus, on Haftep in November, November 29th, 68 years ago, what happened? Has something to do with a U.N. resolution. Has something to do with the creation of the Jewish state. That's right. Uh, often cited, but just as often misunderstood, a mayor will break down the events that led up to the day of November 29th, 68 years ago. And lots of musical debuts, including Idan Reichel, beloved Israeli classics, making for another fantastic music mix as the Israel Show kicks off a fourth year of live broadcasting on NSN. If you haven't liked the Israel Show page on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Make sure to like it. ASAP. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echanishmas of Zebner Yosef Alevi and Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Chinuch. Reb Michal Yehuda Lefkowitz noted that when mothers cry for their children, those offspring grow up to be Tamide Chachomim. This corresponds to the Gemara's statement in Nida. What should one do to become smart? He should sit and learn. And ask for mercy to Mimavakesh Rachamim from the one who possesses wisdom, Hashem. Preceding Matan Torah, Hashem told Moshe, So shall you say to the house of Yaakov and relate to the children of Israel. Our sages tell us that Beis Yaakov, the house of Jacob, refers to the women. Rabbeinu Bechaya writes in his commentary, that Hashem commanded Moshe to do so in order to teach the women Musar and Derech Eretz so that they could attract their sons to Torah and mitzvahs. A mother has a special yearning for her son. She possesses a unique capacity to draw him to the base of Medrash. We learn that the time of lighting Shabbos candles is an especially auspicious time for a woman to pray for the success of her children. The Chazunish adds that any time a person performs a mitzvah with joy, happy to fulfill the will of his Creator, it's a propitious moment to pray to Hashem. This is as the Chavetz Chaim cites in Parshas Kisavoy. After we have recited the Berchus HaMazon, thanking Hashem for the food that He gave us, we recite the Harachamon. These are tefillahs for the host, those that are present, and the coming of Mashiach. The principal of a yeshiva had finally determined that he would have to eject one of the bachrim from the school. Just then, some family members, including the boy's mother, came into the office. The mother pleaded passionately on behalf of her son. However, it was the woman's argument that was compelling. She asked why she hadn't been told earlier of her son's difficulties. Had she been appraised of the circumstances, cried the mother, she would have been mispalled to Hashem with even more fervor and dedication. Perhaps the situation would never have deteriorated to the point where the child now had to be expelled from school. When the principal heard these words, he said, She is correct in her argument. It could be that if we would have told her and she would have prayed, we would not be at this point, because truthfully, tefillah helps. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Monday morning as we head back to school and back to work. Hope your Thanksgiving weekend was wonderful. Thanks to everybody out there and the uh, JMNAM staff who did such a remarkable job while we were away. Much appreciated. 36 degrees, mostly cloudy, a high temperature of 47. Final day of November. Mayor Weingarten with the Israel Show coming up at 9 o'clock right after JMNAM on JMNAM.org and, of course, on the NSN app. I want to thank those who are commenting on the NSN app. Always makes the show even more fun when we get to see the comments that are coming through. Yes, somebody who commented just before 7.30, in fact, did come up with the correct answer of what Haftet the November, the 29th of November is, and why it's <coughs> excuse me, so significant. Mayor Weingarten will discuss it in detail at 9 o'clock this morning at jmnam.org. Tzivas uh, Hashem and the Friends of Jewish Children International invite you to their 35th annual dinner that happens tonight at the Grand Prospect Hall. I want to wish a Mazda of the Chana and Shammai Topper and Mrs. Tina Machnikoff. Um, the um, the um, event is being dedicated in memory of Ruth and Saul Robbins by Dr. Marsha Robbins Wilf. Information about the event is uh, 718-467-0600. Again, that's 718-467-0600. Both Modi and Ellie Marcus are going to be uh, performing, and M Generation is also going to be performing. How do you like that? Boy, oh, boy. Nishé Cares and Maimonides Medical Center presents a Fathers of Multiple Support Group. This is happening tomorrow night, beginning at 8 p.m. It's called Nachas Multiplied, making it all worthwhile. Right? Moshe Tuvia Leaf, the rabbi of the Agudas Israel Base Binyamin, speaks tomorrow night at 8 p.m. It's a Fathers of Multiple Support Group. I have been there. 
It is uh, fun and nice and informative and a good evening. Happens at Maimonides Hall, 950 49th Street between 9th and 10th Avenues in Brooklyn. Again, tomorrow night, beginning at 8 p.m., Nachas Multiplied, making it all worthwhile. Fathers of Multiples are encouraged to be there. Um, dinner will be served. There will be a gift for all attendees and free parking. The chair is David Hager, and it's sponsored by Nashay Cares. For information, you want to speak with Mati Atlas. It's M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com. M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com for information on that. All right, so that's happening uh, tomorrow evening, and well worth it if you're a father of multiples. I've been there, and those are enjoyable sessions. Hey, a big shout-out to Manhattan Day School. Manhattan Day School presents Stand with Israel. This happens uh, on Wednesday night, beginning at 7.30. Join Manhattan Day School for an inspiring evening of truth, advocacy, and support for Israel. Their Israel advocacy team of 8th grade students presents Israel past, present, and future, the true story. Rabbi Shaul Robinson of Lincoln Square will present. The MDS Middle School Choir will be there. Light refreshments will be served. The community-wide event is for 6th grade and up, and obviously all adults, high school kids and up in the community are invited to attend. MDS is coming Wednesday night. Big yeshikach to them for a great Israel advocacy event. By the way, I want to wish a mazel tov to our good friend Yitzchak Saflis. His book launch party is happening later this week. And um, I take this opportunity to wish him Mazal Tov. The uh, brand new book is entitled, So What's the Bottom Line? It's 76 Proven Marketing Tips and Techniques for Building Your Business and Personal Brand. Yitzhak Saflis, our good friend, is the author. I take this opportunity to wish him a Mazal Tov on this amazing occasion from all of us here at JM in the AM. So that is happening later in the week. And again, a big Mazal Tov. To him. Speaking of Mazel Tov, we take this opportunity to say Mazel Tov to the brand new Chatan and Kala. In this case, Shoshi Zamek and Kenny Rube. They are a recently engaged couple. Uh, pretty amazing as we watch the JMNAM family grow and get to this point. Rochelle and Mark, an extra special Mazel Tov uh, to them. And of course, all the extended families who are celebrating this wonderful occasion to Shoshi and to Kenny. Mazel Tov from all of us here. At JM in the AM, just incredible news. What a way to wrap up Shabbos hearing that. There would be big, big news within, well, not minutes, but within hours of the conclusion of Shabbos. It was just great. A big shout-out, as we said earlier, to the Minister of Diaspora Affairs, Naftali Bennett of the State of Israel. And we'll have a chance to speak with him and thank him later this week. He has become an amazing and incredible partner in our... That is pretty funny. I must have said something that uh, triggered uh, Siri to get to the um, the book about Yitzchak Zaflis. That's pretty funny. Um, I want to take this opportunity to give a big shout-out to Naftali Bennett, the Minister of Diaspora Affairs for the State of Israel, who has become an amazing partner in the Jewish Unity Initiative. And uh, he and his staff have just uh, embraced this idea. And we'll have an opportunity to speak with him later this week, hopefully as early as tomorrow. And to get his feelings as we head to Paris next week for two broadcasts and for that centerpiece event at the Great Synagogue of Paris, uh, one that he's going to be addressing from the State of Israel. And uh, I thank him, and uh, it is just an amazing feeling when people in uh, in um, in high positions get it, when they get the concept and when they uh, embrace the concept 
and they understand where we are coming from from our position where we want to make an impact, uh, in this case, on a very important Jewish community, both historically and presently. It is really a uh, a wonderful feeling. So Tanaf Tully Bennett and the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs in the State of Israel, we say kolakavod as you continue to say kolakavod to us, and it's really a pleasure and a delight uh, to share in this partnership. want to remind everybody this coming Thursday, jmtheam.org will be the place to hear our live lunch broadcast from the Kitchen Click. We'll be at the Kitchen Click beginning at 11 a.m. on Thursday for a pre-Hanukkah celebration with the Sprecher family and their incredible staff. That's 3009 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York. Again, that's 3009 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York for the Kitchen Click. And we'll be there on Thursday, and we look forward to a great show there. Uh, our appearances there always seem to be met with uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fun, joy, and enthusiasm. And we are expecting the same from the pre-Hanukkah celebration this coming Thursday. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. Every time we look everywhere, there's darkness and night. Let's bring out the light. Let's learn to fight. now, then we have to be strong. Look into the soul of the world. Listen to the songs everywhere. There is a meaning to be found. From a small detail we can see to the best Person we can be, there's a prayer and a hope we can achieve. Let's get our hands together, let's try to become much better for our Creator. Let's praise our shame with no doubt, let's thank our shame for His love.
Jakob Schwecki, exciting way to wrap up the hour for us here on a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. My thanks to everybody who sat in last week and made it such an exciting week for everybody. A very special, um, a very special week because, uh, well, first of all, Thanksgiving week, which is always nice because a lot of people get some time off. Uh, but we were uh, in Paris preparing for the Jewish Unity Initiative, the uh, couple of broadcasts we're going to be doing Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, by the way, we just played Avi Miller. He's part of the lineup on Wednesday night at the Great Synagogue of Paris. Yeah, he'll be coming from Israel as well. And it's significant because it's I mean it's significant because in addition to coming from Israel, he is a member of the IDF, and I believe he's actually going back into Miluim, actually back into reserve duty right after Hanukkah. And I think that sends an even more special message for the Jewish Unity Initiative. Uh, so you heard Avi Miller with Hine Matov. Benachem Levy had Bring Out the Light. From Jew 2, you heard Am Yisrael Chai here at JM in the AM. So it's going to be an exciting week. I hope you'll all be tuned in next week as we um, as we really get the Jewish Unity Initiative in full swing. Again, as I said earlier, a big thank you to Minister of Diaspora Affairs, Naftali Bennett, who we're going to have a chance to, to thank live and in person later this week for his incredible partnership in this project. And um, there are some people who really get it and understand the importance of strengthening diaspora communities and being there for them. And he is among them, and we'll speak with him about it here at JM in the AM. want to wish a mazel tov to uh, Adina Berger and Nathaniel Kestenbaum. Uh, Adina of West Orange, New Jersey, daughter of Karen Berger and Weichselbaum, and sister-in-law of Joe and Leah. The wedding was in Jerusalem Thursday night. 
I was listening to the JMNAM app on Friday afternoon while getting ready for a beautiful Shabbat of Sheva Brachos, just as JMNAM went off the air with your usual Shabbat sign-off. I heard the siren sound throughout Jerusalem bringing in Shabbat Mazal Tov to all. Well, thank you very, very much for that. And yes, Mazal Tov to Adina and to Netanel um, of Yerushalayim. Wow, that's funny. I remember as we, I remember the first time that happened close to 30 years ago. When we wrapped up a live radio, talking about Jewish Unity Initiative, you know, people forget we're doing this for 30 years already. Uh, we did a live radio show from Israel on a uh, December day. It must have been December or November, January, around here at some point. And um, I remember the final words being said from the payphone next to the Kotel Amaravi, and then hearing the siren go off that it was time for candle lighting time. Unbelievable. It's it's ironic, at least for us. It's pretty funny that the JMM ends just as Shabbat begins at this time of year in the holy city of Jerusalem. JM and the AM, and uh, well, as we said, um, we'll have more to talk about regarding the uh, Jewish Unity Initiative. My big thank you going out to uh, Matis Weingast, the entire staff, taking care of things uh, during our absence here, and uh, we're getting ready for an exciting Hanukkah to say the least. Something very different, very special. And I thank you all for your encouragement. There's tremendous enthusiasm out there, and we greatly appreciate it. Reminder that the Fathers of Multiple Support Group meets tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Right, Moshe Tuvia Leaf on the topic of Nachas Multiplied, making it all worthwhile. There'll be dinner, a gift, and free parking for everybody. Event is being char- chaired by David Hager, and it's happening at Maimonides Hall, 950 49th Street. It's the Father of Multiple Support Group. I cannot... Um, I cannot um, recommend it highly enough. It's really fun. It's nice. It's informative information. You can contact Matti Atlas, M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com, M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com. And by the way, because we left for Paris right after the Ohel dinner, I never got a chance personally. I know that Benjamin Siegel and others are right after the dinner mentioned it on the air. Uh, I never had a chance to say what kind of inspiring evening it was and a mazel tov to Mike Hellman and all the honorees. It was, uh, it was some recognition of some incredible careers in an amazing chesed organization. So the uh, Ohel dinner was just chock full of incredible people in this community who are doing fantastic work. And I want to say again to all of them, Mazalta from all of us here at JM in the AM. And before we move into the next hour, I just want to uh, take this opportunity, hang on a second, uh, to remind everybody that on Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday evening, at Manhattan Day School, there is going to be a, a very special program. Everybody out there is invited to participate. As uh, the Manhattan Day School, the Manhattan Day School um, students, the Manhattan Day School students are presenting "Stand with Israel" this coming Wednesday evening at 7:30. "Stand with Israel," an inspiring evening of truth, advocacy, and support for Israel. Their Israel advocacy team of 8th grade students will present Israel's past, present, and future, the true story. Rabbi Robinson of Lincoln Square will speak. MDS Middle School Choir will perform. There will be light refreshments. It's a great Israel advocacy night starting at 7.30 p.m. this coming Wednesday. Kudos to Rabbi Besser, Mrs. Melzer, and anybody and everybody who has anything to do with that event on Wednesday night. What better message is there 
for our students, for our youngsters. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Round the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
In the AM, Yerachmiel begun Miami Boys Choir with Light Up the Nights. Before that, Sor Yisrael, and a a good week to talk about them as they get ready for their Erev Hanukkah celebration. It's happening this coming Saturday night. They're calling it Dar La Dar Miami. Yerachmiel begun Miami Boys Choir with the Miami Alumni Choir with Yoeli Greenfeld from his brand new album with Michal Przanski from his hit albums. It's all happening at the Millennium Theater. This um coming Saturday night, starting at 7.45 p.m. Uh, you can choose your own seat if you go to jewishtickets.com. It's an Erev Hanukkah celebration again, Miami, with Yoeli Greenfeld, Michal Przanski, and plenty more. jewishtickets.com has all the information. And uh, you can check it out right now on that website. So it's an Erev Hanukkah celebration. Yeah, an Erev Hanukkah celebration with the Miami Boys Choir this coming Saturday night. The Chabad Telethon has been announced for December the 13th, the final night of Hanukkah. They're going to be featuring a whole bunch of great acts, including the Frisch School Jazz Band and Cantor Natanel Hirschdick, the Shum Orchestra with Steve Bill, uh, Lenny Solomon, uh, the Dancing Rabbis, of course, and plenty more. It's going to be happening on the 13th of December, beginning at 7 p.m. The star-studded Hanukkah Telethon, so we'll have that for you. I wanted to, wanted to remind everybody, I got a note from uh, Johnny Ben Ramon that the Friends of the IDF Gala, uh, which is being coordinated by the Young Leadership Group of the Friends of the IDF, happens this coming Saturday night at the Metropolitan Pavilion. Now, Johnny Ben Ramon told me it's going to be a great event with a bar mitzvah theme since it's the 13th annual event. 
And again, it's the Friends of the IDF Gala is presented by the Young Leadership Division this coming Saturday night at the Metropolitan Pavilion, 125 West 18th Street in New York City. So you can check that out and to get ready to enjoy. If you're a, uh, if you're somebody who wants to be part of the Young Leadership Group, it is a wonderful opportunity with a great organization and a chance to really do some fantastic things as we've been outlining here for a long, long time. They do some great work at the FIDF. Seth Siegel joins us next. He's got the book that everyone's talking about, Let There Be Water. Seth M. Siegel scheduled to join us in just a minute or two coming up here at JM in the AM and plenty more between now and 9 o'clock. Again, a reminder that uh, at 9 o'clock, Mayor Weingarten is going to be featuring a segment on Haftet in November, the 29th of November, and its significance in Jewish history. And in addition, he'll be talking about that incredible Litman wedding that happened. And again, kudos to this audience who I am told paid uh, such an incredible and amazing amount of attention and gave recognition and supported, even financially, the wedding in Israel last week. And in addition to that, all the people who went from this area up to Boston for a shiva call to the Schwartz family, it is um, just heartwarming to have heard while we were away of how much activity was going on to really help people both in times of in, in times of joy and in sadness. So again, Yeshikov to everybody. Seth Siegel next. More coming up. This is JM in the AM. If I ever get back to California, I'm going to round up every Jew I've ever known. Gonna sit down right down there in front of me. Gonna take out this guitar and sing a moldy song. God is alive and well in Jerusalem, yeah. A people praying three times a day to him. Throw away the cars and bars, the stocks and bonds. Grab a boat, a plane, sneak and swim. See, some folks got a Lincoln Continental. Tinted glass so nobody sees it. Just one time a light to roll down the window. Say you ain't gonna fool the law with this hunk of tin. Shame in the AM with God is Alive and Well in Jerusalem. No denying that off of the Yes Legacy CD with Moshe Hech here at JMM. Hey, I want to take this opportunity and wish a, a good morning to our friends from the Berman family. That's Alicia Malkiel, Eliyahu Dove, Nehemia Azaria Shifra, and David Akiva, and to their uncle Josh, and to their wonderful grandparents, and to their wonderful parents. 
want to say uh, good morning to them from all of us here at JMNAM. It was wonderful bumping into them up in New Rochelle the other night. 22 minutes after 8 o'clock. It's Monday at JM in the AM. I want to remind you as we introduce Seth Siegel, um, who's the author of the book Let There Be Water, I do want to mention that tomorrow is, of course, uh, Giving Tuesday, and the JNF is participating in the program, as so many great organizations are. And if you give me just one second, I'm going to give you the exact details. Here we go. Um, Jewish National Fund announced it will again take part in the Universal Giving Tuesday campaign December 1st. That is tomorrow, so keep that in mind. And the Russell Robinson and its leadership at JNF, the leadership at JNF, encourages everybody to participate. And you'll hear some, uh, believe me, I'm sure in this conversation, some of their programs will uh, uh, will be discussed. Um, anyway, to give to the JNF Giving Tuesday initiative, it's jnf.org slash Tuesday. Again, that's jnf.org slash giving Tuesday. Check that out and enjoy. Seth M. Siegel is the author of the book, Let There Be Water, Israel's Solution for a Water-Starved World. He's a lawyer, activist, writer, and successful serial entrepreneur. His essays on water and other policy issues have been everywhere, many leading publications around the world. He's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, speaks regularly on a range of topics, including water policy, Middle East politics, and national security. He blogs about water issues at Seth M. Siegel. That's S-I-E-G-E-L dot com. And he lives in New York City. Seth M. Siegel, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's so great to be back with you again. I appreciate that. And before we begin, I noticed, um, you know, we've been talking about the water summits that are that have been going on. You already did one in the Chicago. You did one in Boston. Am I right that Austin, Texas takes place this week? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, we're speaking Wednesday morning at the LBJ School on the campus of University of Texas, Austin. It's uh, it's not only a very exciting audience that I'm uh, interested in speaking before, but also given the fact that Lyndon Johnson himself played such a significant role in in helping Israel jump forward in its desalination efforts, I'm actually very grateful for the opportunity to be on campus. And frankly, um, when I did my research for the book, I expected I'd be flying down to Austin, but nowadays everything is digitized. So the research director there said, no need to do that. Just go to your computer, punch in the following keywords, and and it was as if I was in Austin, Texas without the cowboy boots. Oh, my gosh. There's some countries that don't have water and others that just a stroke of a key, and they're somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a disparity, huh? Unbelievable. Uh, by the way, I mean, you, you got to start with this, even though I know we got to talk about the whole history and, of course, the whole book. But why did LBJ take such a strong interest in all this? You know, I think it comes from the fact that he grew up in, in a farm in Texas, and he wrote at one point that the world was divided into two types of people people who got their water by turning the faucet, faucet, and people like him who walked with an empty pail looking skyward, wondering when the water would come. Right. And from that, he came to think of the fact that there's lots of ocean out there, and if we could only, as he used the word, desalt the sea, we'd be in a great position and be able to, um, to change the world. And, and he, for crazy reasons, <clears throat> which I talk about in my book, he decides to partner with Israel in the 1960s, in developing Israel's desalination industry, he thought to himself that this Jewish people would be a great partner to have at a time when clearly there was a lot of American scientists who could have been doing the work as well. And if we go to the uh, to the core of the era of its beginning, it would be the 1930s. Would that be when Palestine slash Israel really starts to pay careful attention to the future of water? Well. Look, water was always important to the Zionist movement, so that, you know, way back even in 1902, 
when Herzl writes Alt Neuland, uh, the modern Jewish, you know, modern old modern state basically translates. When he writes Alt Neuland, which is his great novel talking about the Zionist endeavor, which is a futuristic novel, what does he say of the of the heroes of the land of Israel? He doesn't say it's the politicians. He doesn't say it's the generals. He doesn't say it's the prime ministers. He says it's the water engineers. Right. So it's so remarkable that early and embedded in the Zionist thinking, already we have the idea that water is going to be a central part of this. But you're absolutely correct. Coming in the late 1930s, as, these, as the immigration of Jews largely fleeing Hitler in Europe, coming into Palestine, but not only, um, it, it becomes more and more important that water sources be developed. And then in 1939, the British issue the White Paper, which bans immigration, functionally bans immigration to Palestine, which is the Palestine Mandate. That was with the name of the land of Israel in that time because the British controlled it. And, and the reason for banning immigration to the land of Israel by Jews was they said there just wasn't enough water. And that led off a furious effort by the Zionists to prove to the British that there was not just enough water for the people then, about a million and a half people, but for millions and millions more who could have fled Europe and been saved had the British allowed them in. And, and from that water smarts that they developed, and I revive the whole story of how they did it and how they thought about it, um, they come up with a master plan, which frankly is the plan that to this day is the essence of what and how Israel manages its water. And it is exactly the way in which the world if it gets out of this coming global water crisis, will be getting out of its water crisis, and that's by becoming more like Israel and following what Israel has done. Seth Siegel is with us, and and, and when you say the same, the same to the point where you know we could almost say that literally, or things are much much different these days, even though they are so similar to the beginnings. Well, look, um, clearly, you know, um, everything is different because of technology. Everything is different because of computer science. Everything is different because of material sciences. I mean, the, the world is very different. What, what happened in the 1930s is this man who's forgotten to history, who I revive in the book named Simcha Blas. What Simcha Blas does is he, he thinks up a master strategy for how they're going to save themselves and develop all kinds of water resources. Right. Now, you're absolutely correct in the premise of your question that with different materials and different in, insights today, the systems are far more sophisticated and far more efficient, and it is the Israel of today that the world will be following, not the Israel of 1939. And I think I've asked you, I think I've asked you in the past who the unsung hero is, and, and you always cite him, because there's, there's, there's hundreds you could cite, right? I mean, there are a lot of people involved in all this. Well, I, I identify quite a number of people, not, not dozens, but I identify about a half a dozen people in the book who were the, uh, who were the essential souls. You know, they were the, the guys, unfortunately all guys, I mean, none of them were women in this story, but, mm-hmm. but they all came up with this remarkable, remarkable uh, insights one guy comes up with the idea that we, we in Israel have to be reusing, he says, our sewage. And beginning in the 1950s, he starts lobbying for this. And so ultimately today, Israel leads the whole world in thinking about how to reuse its sewage for agriculture. Uh, another couple of people are thinking about how to desalinate water. And they change the world. And, and Simcha Blas changes the world in a different way, not just in the plan that he writes for the British, but in the early, uh, late 1950s, early 1960s, he revolutionizes agriculture. Uh, when he's out of government, he revolutionizes, revolutionizes agriculture by inventing something called drip irrigation, right. which will probably be the single most important invention 
that will save us out of our water crisis. And even today, quite obviously, if it's saving us as we speak, even today that whole system is being used, and there are countries and states in the United States that are using it to their advantage to get out of water crises. Yes, in fact, California, which still uses the ancient form of flood irrigation in a significant number of its fields, the greatest transformation about California in the last several years has been its transition from flood irrigation to Israeli drip irrigation. And, and, and there are many, many ad- things that have been adopted by California of Israel's. But the singly most important thing in saving water is the idea of dripping water at the roots rather than flooding the whole field. And that has saved at least 50 or 60 percent of, of the water that uh, is needed. Is that a difficult transition, just business-wise, technology-wise, manpower-wise? Is it hard to do that, to switch from one to the other? No, actually, it's not hard. It's a question of financing. And, and first of all, the problem in the United States is that we functionally treat water as free in much of our, in much of our localities. Right. And, uh, in That's how we grew up. I'm sorry? That's how we grew up. We grew up with it. Water is free. We yeah. think of it as an entitlement. We think of it as abundant as air and, and, and sunshine. And therefore, we don't treat water like it's a, although massive, we don't treat it like it's a precious resource that could be, could be uh, exhausted. Now, the problem about drip irrigation is we just need to have the will, and farmers need to have the insight that they can save a lot of water. And I think government could play a role in educating and also in giving good tax uh, benefits to installing drip irrigation. By the way, I must add, around the world, the whole world has gotten the joke. In India which is the world's fastest-growing drip irrigation uh, country, they understand that they're going to beat their race against time and running out of water if they do, only because of the fact that they're going to be able to completely rethink agriculture. And Israel is a great beneficiary of that in terms of both diplomatic relations as well as in terms of commerce. Seth Siegel, author of Let There Be Water, are there countries that stay away from these methods because they come from Israel? Well, here's the great little dirty secret. You know, uh, I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of this uh, pernicious and disgusting BDS movement. Of course. Well, the secret is is that they're mostly a bunch of phonies <laughs> because of the fact that, uh, with my research, I tell the story of this in the book as well, 150 countries around the world trade with Israel around its water technology, including Israel's water technology, including countries that badmouth Israel at the UN and other places on a daily basis. So it could be Arab countries, African countries, and those, like you say, are always at the top of the list of bashing Israel. Countries that would shock your listeners to <laughs> discover that are busy uh, making nice uh, on the on the buying of Israeli water technology but not so nice when they have to make a public declaration. Right. At what point did it become a commodity that would be sellable to other countries, something that you know, would be a business model that, you know, with consultation with the Israelis, countries and states would be able to implement it on their own? Oh, it's happening all over the world right now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh it's, it's just extraordinary. But is it like that for 20, 30 years already or not? Well, here's what's been going for 20, 30 years. Actually, back to, back to uh, the time of when Golda Meir in the 1950s was the foreign minister of Israel. She, she because of some Zionist impulse, uh, which I won't go into here, she makes the decision that she wants to help the African nations with their water problems. Right. And they develop a whole cadre, like a sort of a non-military army, of water consultants that go to third world countries, poor countries, to teach them how to be smart with their water. From that develops the whole idea that if you want to be more like Israel, you have to also use Israeli technology, Israeli seeds, and so forth. So Israeli trade over water has started to grow, but it's only in the last 10 years that it's really boomed 
with uh, the whole world coming to understand that they're only going to get out of their problems to, if they're more like Israel. And when you do these uh, water summits with JNF, as I mentioned toward the beginning of our conversation, I mean, are you addressing any any uh, you know audiences that are in a panic that are, that really need this immediately and are are here to learn how to implement it, or is this more of an educational, informative type uh, gathering? Nachum, the most interesting thing about this tour, and uh, and, uh, and if you were correct in saying I am doing a series of twelve right. JNF water summits around the country. Uh, in partnership with this wonderful organization, JNF, and I heard your call to your listeners to donate to JNF, and I think it's a fabulous thing. I myself have done so. It's just an extraordinary organization that does great things for Israel. Um, but I will tell you that the amazing thing is that I am speaking widely. I've given more than 55 speeches already since the book came out just a few months ago, and the speeches are primarily not to Jewish audiences. Right. And what's so fascinating to me is that they travel around the entire country speaking at business schools and engineering schools and professional groups, is how non-Jews, non-Jews are sparking to how extraordinary Israel is and how essential Israel is to their to answers to their problems. So I spoke the other day in San Diego to a business school there, and the audience was filled with students from third world, from third world countries and from, and from out of the United States. And I spoke at Columbia University a few weeks ago, and the audience was primarily students from Asia and South America and Africa. And you know what? They were so fascinated, not by the politics of the moment, but by what Israel could do to help them jump over their water problems. Can this change the political scene? We talked about you know, how people are hush-hush, that they're using Israeli technology as they continue to bash Israel. But can, can there be greater progress made, or it could literally change the political scene and the attitude toward Israel? I coin a phrase in my book, hydro-diplomacy. <laughs> and the pattern for Israel has been, for several decades now, in little, quiet, incremental ways, to use their water smarts, <clears throat> to use their water smarts, and to use their water technology and to use water as a tool of diplomacy so that countries that currently do not have diplomatic relations with Israel that buy Israeli water technology, well, guess what? It's Israeli businessmen that go into those countries quietly but on Israeli passports, meeting with government officials, meeting with industry officials, and sharing with them all kinds of information. This slowly opens the door, and I will recount in my book the remarkable story of the way water engineers opened the door to the country of Iran mm. in 1962, of how water engineers opened the door to China in the 80s and 90s and led to diplomatic relations. And so it has gone in lots of other countries. And I absolutely predict, predict that water will become a pathway for peace, diplomacy, coexistence, and dialogue for Israel with many, many, many other countries that today have no relations with them. Can I rest assured that the current Israeli government gets what you're saying and is utilizing it as a positive factor in these types of negotiations? Well, I sure hope so. I don't know. I, I have not in any way coordinated my book with the foreign ministry <laughs> or with any other really government, uh, any other government agency other than here and there getting interviews with government officials in the, uh, in the economy ministry. But So I can't say for sure, but boy, if they're not... <laughs> Somebody ought to give him a new job description. Seth M. Siegel with us. The uh, book is called Let There Be Water, Israel's Solution for a Water-Starved World. It is a, a Thomas Dunn book, St. Martin's Press. Um, it, the, is it the same person? I mean, I would assume that early on especially, but even up until today, uh, you need certain cooperation from obviously scientists and farmers and other types of industries, technology, etc. Many, many different industries coming together to do all this and accomplish all this. Has that 
weighted percentage changed over the years? Are farmers still as key as they were back then to get all this done? Are they, uh, I don't know, more obsolete than in the early days of Israel? How would you describe it? Oh, well, well it's actually, I think the, the trend is going actually very much in favor of what Israel would be interested in seeing. First of all, within Israel itself, there hasn't been a flood-irrigated field. There hasn't been a reckless use of water now in many decades. And um, Israel uses 75% of its fields use drip irrigation today. So there's just no question of the fact that um, Israel itself is the model for how to use reuse sewage, and the JNF plays a large part in helping with that, right. uh, or in drip irrigation or in desalination. Israel is the model in those technologies and many others. What's happening around the world is, if you notice, Farmers are very change-averse. They do what their fathers, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers did on the same plot of land. And what is happening around the world now, because of all kinds of problems of water depletion and climate change and, and bad infrastructure and so forth, is that farmers are beginning to discover that they just don't have the water resources they need to do what they have to do and to have any certainty that they'll have the water they need two or three or five years from now. Wow. So, yes, indeed, the opposite of what you'd think, that it's slowed down. It's the opposite. It's, spe- it's speeding up now. And then they're catching up to it. Well, they're catching up to some extent, yes. I mean, there's no country in the world even remotely close to Israel right. in its adoption rates of any of these te- technologies. Or also, we're talking just about science, but also... Israel, which likes to be likes to beat itself up at everything it does wrong, you know, Israelis. I've been interviewed by dozens of Israeli journalists, and yeah. they, all they want to hear is what Israel's doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is, the reality is that Israel's really doing something so right here that that the only analogy I can give is in the same way that Israel's army is a remarkable army that for a small country, it's the regional powerhouse army and it's one of the three, four, five best armies in the world. Likewise, I would say, in terms of water, Israel is a global water powerhouse and is probably the most sophisticated, not probably, is the most sophisticated water-managed society in the world. So it has smart governance, smart regulation, and smart practices that permeate its entire way of doing business, some of which, by the way, was influenced by JNF. But a lot of it is homegrown. So if uh, Israel, excuse me, if, if certain countries, let's say on the African continent or other places, are still water-starved, the reason is because the investment hasn't been made there yet, they haven't caught up to the technology, they haven't discovered it yet. How would you answer that? Yes, it, it, it's, it's a lot of those. It's, it's also, if I may say, and I say with pain, I say in the book several times that, that water problems are a proxy for bad governance. And in countries where there is a lack of transparency, where there is corruption, where the haves steal for themselves what the have-nots only could dream of having a part of, in those places, sadly, water technology and water practices have not permeated to the people. Understood. And so what you need is you need to have smart, good governance as well as good practices. And, mm. and there's no practice more important. Than a, than a government that sees itself in the interest of its people rather than the people as victims who they can fleece. So mm. in countries that are like that, or in countries where the, where the country is in civil war constantly for decades, yes, the water infrastructure is in a disastrous place, and the people will pay, as always, the small people will pay a terrible price in a few years when the water gives out. So with proper governance and with uh, with leaders that actually care about the future of their people, everybody's desert can bloom. 
Well, in the 20th century, Nachum, this is a fascinating small fact that your listeners might enjoy. In the 20th century, there's only one country whose space that has desert has shrunk. So of all the countries in the world that started the 20th century with a desert, every other country's desert lands grew, except in Israel. And considering that Israel was only formed in 1948, it makes it even all the more remarkable. How unbelievable. And so what we learn <clears throat> from smart water policy is that you can actually take marginal land, and in the case of Israel, desert land, and turn it into something that is productive land. Most of the world treats their desert as worthless or as a nuisance. Right. And in Israel, they have seen it as an opportunity, developing new seeds, developing new irrigation techniques. And it is from the desert, from the western Negev, from the Arava desert, that Israel grows billions and billions of dollars a year worth of peppers and melons and cucumbers and tomatoes and all the kinds of great produce. It's unbelievable. Uh, are the, I mentioned to you last time we spoke that there are many, uh, I don't know about many, but there are certain Hollywood celebrities, high-profile people that have taken on the cause of water, especially in places like Africa. Are they aware of what a relatively small investment and what a relatively you know, keen look to the future can mean to these countries and to the people who are, who are thirsty at this point? Well, if you've got any um, Hollywood glitterati among your listeners, I call out to them right now uh, to ask them to do more about this. Um, a handful of um, celebrities have come to understand the value of drip irrigation and have assisted in uh, getting the drip irrigation installed in, in some of the most desperately poor places in the world. Um, but overall, I would say that there has not been a lot of that. What, what the Hollywood crowd seems to be focused on primarily which is an important issue, is clean drinking water. Right. And Israel has long ago mastered that as well. But the issue for Israel is, the, is as much the quantity of water as the quality of the water, although I talk in the book also about ways in which Israel has enhanced that for, for the poorest people. By the way, I, I hasten to add one other thing, <clears throat> although I said that in countries where there's bad leadership, right. there's problems. And the fact of the matter is that everywhere that drip irrigation has been installed, and that's more than 100 countries around the world, everywhere that drip irrigation has been installed, the water usage levels have dropped for agriculture. Everywhere that, wa- that it's been installed, the yields, the amount of crops produced, has enhanced. So, so you don't need to just necessarily have good government. You have to have somebody who is happy to be a partner of the, far- of the farmers, as is the case in some countries. Seth M. Siegel is author of the book, Let There Be Water. When did JNF get into the whole water category? Oh, it's been, it's been fundamentally part of the JNF thinking from early, earliest days, of, uh, you know, more than 100 years. You know, JNF was formed to buy land from the uh, Arab landholders. Most of them were living in Paris or Beirut. Um, they started during the Ottoman era, and the JNF always understood that that water and, and water quality and water abundance would be part of the story of settling the land. Because you'll remember that although today Israel is very much a urban environment with Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, and the other big cities there. Uh, in its earliest days, the idea was that uh, the that they that, that to use the phrase of the time we came to build and were rebuilt by it. Right. The idea of that was that the settlements were mostly farms, whether they were kibbutzim or socialist farms, or whether they were more private farms like moshevim. Unbelievable. Uh, finally, why did Michael Bloomberg uh, take such an interest in your book? Well, I think that Michael Bloomberg and Tony Blair and Ariana Huffington and others who have been very kind, and Robert F. Kennedy, the environmentalist, many others who have been very kind and, and, and generous in providing 
um, uh, wonderful reviews of the book, I, I think they all understand as, as important responsible leaders that it's only with us uh, assuring our water supply, whether it's a rich country or a poor country, that we have a viable future. The future will be extremely bleak, Nahum, if we don't get ahead of the curve, not just in the United States, but around the world. And I hasten to add for your listeners who think that, there is, that this affects only people far away, but not them. The U.S. government is now projecting that 40 of our 50 states will be seeing water scarcity by 2025. Wow. We have eight U.S. states now in severe drought. The state of New Jersey is in Tier 1 level drought. And this is spreading everywhere in our country, not everywhere, but many places in our country. And so this comes home for your listeners, not just as something that's a newspaper story, but something that will affect them, affect food prices, affect global security, affect the U.S. and its interaction with the countries important for its security as well. So this is, a, this is, a, this is not something that's some remote, uh, nice-to-have issue. This is something that we've got to get right. We've got to get it right just about everywhere, and if we don't do that, we're in trouble. And my book tells the story of how we can do that, and I, I hope that it becomes a, a, a blueprint for our leaders and for citizen activists who are concerned about this. And in any event, it's a wonderful pro-Israel story that I would like to think that your readers at this Hanukkah season would love to see and, and share with friends and relatives. Oh, no question about it. You want to feel good about Israel, you read this book. It's as simple as that. Uh, it, it's remarkable. Water is everything, basically. It's just everything. And you, and you prove it, and you, uh, and you remind the world about that. Uh, the book is called Let There Be Water, Israel's Solution for a Water-Starved World. Seth M. Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. Seth, always a delight to speak with you. And I think primarily because you remind us about the miracle of Israel how incredible things have been for this young, young uh, state of Israel. It is. It's, it, you know, if I can close with just one sure. thought. Moshe, when he strikes the rock, what is going on with the children of Israel at that time? God, God is providing the food in, in terms of manna, right. but, but, but God instructs Moshe that he's responsible for the water. Mm-hmm. So water has always been a partnership between man and God and man and nature, and Moshe symbolically is responsible for that, and I think that that's true to this day is that we have an obligation to provide for our water future and our water destiny, and no country in the world has shown that and proved that more dynamically and more inspirationally, I might add, than has Israel. Well said. Seth, thank you so much, and a very happy Hanukkah to you. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. I appreciate that. Let there be water. Seth M. Siegel, this is JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Sheves Chaverim, brand new with Kololom Kulo. Reminder, Fathers of Multiples, their support group meets tomorrow night. The Fathers of Multiples support group. This is a lot of fun. It's not just a a gathering for support. It's always a uh, informative and fun session. Right, Moshe Tuvia Leaf speaks tomorrow night on the topic of Nachas Multiplied, making it all worthwhile. Fathers Multiple Support Group meets at 8 o'clock tomorrow night at Maimonides Hall, 950 49th Street, between 9th and 10th Avenues in Brooklyn. There'll be dinner, a gift for all attendees, and free parking. It's sponsored by Nashe Cares. Uh, information, you want to email Mati Atlas, M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com, M-A-T-T-I dot Atlas at Yahoo.com for information on that. I want to thank those who took over last week while we were in Paris with the Jewish Unity Initiative preparations. We'll be broadcasting from there, Bezrat Hashem, um, uh, Wednesday and Thursday during Chanukah with that incredible Jewish Unity concert sandwiched in between at Le Victoire, the great synagogue, and um, shaping up to be an incredible event. Again, a big thank you and a shout-out to Naftali Bennett, the Minister of Diaspora Affairs, who has uh, partnered with us in this effort to bring the Jewish Unity Initiative to Paris really gets the importance of strengthening and uh, and showing brotherhood and solidarity with our brothers and sisters in places around the world, including France. I thank him very much. Big thank you to our our, our American delegation chairman, Robert Ben-Rimon, who is busily preparing for our journey for next week. A big shout-out to Simon Jacob, who has announced that he's going to be joining us, which is very exciting. We love being on these journeys with Simon. He's been with our Jewish Unity Initiative before, and I thank him for that. Assemblyman Phil Goldfeder is going to join us, which is a tremendous treat for us. And um, he'll help us tomorrow announce uh, yet another distinguished attendee who's going to be there at Le Victoire with us for the big event, somebody for whom it's even more meaningful if that's possible, and we'll explain all that. And, of course, we look forward to being joined by President Richard Joel of Yeshiva University. I've always said that our uh, our mission matches his mission, and we'll be together, uh, as we announced a couple of weeks ago, as we um, present this uh, incredible event and wonderful broadcasts from uh, Paris, France, during Hanukkah. J.M. and the Am, a reminder, this coming Thursday, our pre-Hanukkah celebration is going to take place at Kitchen Click, 3009 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York. Join us starting at 11 a.m. until 2 o'clock. Naomi Nachman. Uh, host of Table for Two and myself will be there as we do a pre-Hanukkah celebration with the Sprecher family and everybody at Kitchen Click in Brooklyn. Again, it's 3009 Avenue L in Brooklyn, New York. So make sure to be there Thursday starting at 11 a.m. It should be a lot of fun, and we are certainly looking forward to it, that's for sure. And I want to wish a Mazel Tov to our good friend Yitzchak Saflis. His brand-new book is about to be released. Take this opportunity to wish him a very special Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. And again, to Ashoshi Zamek. And um, and uh, Kenny Rube, a very special Mazel Tov. They are a very they are a very recently engaged couple, and uh, wonderful to wish them and their families a very special Mazel Tov, and to again announce a great JM and the AM Simcha. And uh, what can I say, Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM and the AM. That is wonderful. Eitan Katz is going to be together with his brother Shlomo Katz on Thursday night of Hanukkah at Westside Institutional Synagogue. Eitan wraps up 
a Monday morning for us as we get ready for our conclusion to our back-to-school, back-to-work edition. Don't forget, Mayor Weingarten is next, five minutes from now, on jmnam.org and the NSN app with everything we mentioned, including the wedding of the Littman wedding in Israel with a uh, with some uh, 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 clips from that. Chavtet uh, in November, an explanation of all that in Jewish history, and plenty more great music. It's all happening with Mayor Weingarten between 9 and 10, right after JM in the AM. My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Wraps up an amazing Monday edition for us here at JMNAM. Everybody have a great school and work week ahead. Tomorrow, plenty more. Naftali Bennett, Minister of Diaspora Affairs of the State of Israel, is scheduled to join us, and much, much more, of course, between 6 and 9. Mayor Weingarten is next on our stream at jmnam.org and the NSN app with an amazing hour called The Israel Show. Make sure to like The Israel Show Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.